Hey, everyone. Welcome to a Friday edition of the New Media Show. My name is Todd Cochran. Of course, I want to join. I want to welcome my co-host, Mr. Rob Greenlee. Rob, how you doing? Doing terrific, Todd. Um, I guess, uh, you know, for now. who knows who knows what could be happening here in the future right yeah well you know uh all plans change i uh i was uh scheduled you know like you scheduled to go to new york next week i was going to go back down the office in columbus on tuesday and i uh could hardly sleep on thursday night i was debating what to do we gave the employees the option of working from home if they wanted to and, uh, or I talked about it and I came in Friday morning and just said, listen, uh, um, you know, I'm going to encourage everyone to work from home right. and I uh, worked on that plan yesterday. And, uh, a few of the folks came in the office today, a few, and, uh, but we're, Angela's going to be at the office. And then if someone comes in and has to have a question, they'll answer a question. But largely we are going on a week to week basis and having my team at least, uh, work from home. So, uh, and of course a lot of our guy, our folks are already remote, so it's not a big deal. Yeah. It's the same thing with, uh, Lipson right now. We're, we're sending everybody home too. And like, like you, you know, I'm, I'm remote and, and Rob Walsh is remote and Dave's remote and, and Elsie is, um, you know, remote as yeah. well. She's, she's extremely remote. So, um, and so I think we're, we're all good on that front. That was a pretty quick and easy adjustment for, for us. Yeah. Hey, Rob, I don't know if you can, it's a little quiet on my end. Okay. Um, I'll if you turn it, up a little bit. yeah. Or speak if you can turn your bit. volume up just a tad, okay. um, I'm on that new Mac mini here. So that it might be on my end too, cause I tried to tweak it best I could, but, um, okay. yeah. So, you know, it's just kind of, the, and I'm sure there's a lot of people that are, you know, going to, uh, working remotely and to be honest with you, it takes, you have to, I'm lucky. I've got an office to come to. That's just me, right? you know? And, uh, so I can get up in the morning and shower, shave, get dressed and come in and actually have a place to be, mm-hmm. which is different than the house, you know, and, and people at, when, at their home, you really have to be, you got to have some dedication. You have to have some do, you know, people that aren't used to working at home, it's really easy to get distracted by the TV or something else that may be on. So, sure. Yeah. So I'm sure productivity will suffer a little bit, but what we're trying to do is implement a, we're going to do a morning in the me, um, a morning meeting, just like we normally do, mm-hmm. except do it via, you know, do a video conference. And then in the afternoon, we're going to do a, kind of have an open office hours for an, an, you know, for 30, 45 minutes. Mm-hmm. So, uh, we'll see how productive, see, maybe productivity will go up. <laughs> I, I don't know. So. You know, I've been working from home for, for many, many years and, and I, I think I'm more, more productive at home than I ever was working in a corporate office or something like that. I mean, I spent many years working on the campus of Microsoft and, you know, those open, open desk, um, Office formats. I I did that for a few years, and and also had my own. Hey, hey Rob, keep talking. I'm going to go turn you up. They say they can't hear you. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, it's really you're really low. I'm actually over modulating on all, all all my things here, so I I don't know what else to do. But uh, but yeah, there's um, 
you know, I think working from home can actually be more productive um, than than actually being in an office. Quite frankly, I mean, I think it cuts down on the on the collaboration that can happen, but um, you know that can easily be be solved through the instant messaging and and communications tools that that we have today. So, it's just a matter of you know work working our way through it. And and those that aren't used to working at at, at home, you know, there's going to be a little bit of a learning curve for you. So, of how to actually do that. Um, yeah. So I'm. I'm kind of like popping red lights on, on, on my end, Todd. So I'm not sure if, uh, yeah, I've turned you up here. So did you? Okay. Okay. So everybody hear me better now. So, okay. Yeah. I've got you turned up as high as I, <laughs> Oh, have you? Okay. Yeah. I'm, I turned up and I, I, like I said, I've got peak lights, um, going off on my, stuff here so um i don't know if it's skype could be skype well again i've got this new setup yeah there we go yeah, well, i think in the past i've been low on on the show and then other times i've been high um i know when we've done like uh stream yard and stuff i i think our, our our volume levels are really really good so I don't know. It's just something about the complex um, setup that you have there, Todd. Well, yeah, I got it's. You're coming out of a headphone jack, and I have that oh. turned all the way up. Oh, you and, do. Yeah, okay. I've got it like maxed, and it just goes into the mixer. So, right, right. You know, I don't. I when I can't. If you can't be louder on your side, because when you make an adjustment, I don't hear any change. So it's it's like nothing happens when you make a change. So it it just stays the same. <laughs> huh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. But anyway, so. It it is what it is, and hopefully everyone is going to be good. But we got a lot yeah. of people watching, so yeah. Facebook crowd is up. Watch us go through technical difficulties. Yeah, well, yeah. But anyway, so everyone's remote working, and here we are. But uh, what does that really mean for podcasting? I think it's an interesting uh, question. You know, I've been thinking about it here over the last couple of days as this situation has been un unfolding, trying to figure out, you know, what is the impact from this? Are are we going to see a potential pullback on the advertising side? And, and frankly, you know, that's not really a, a massive side of the industry really when it comes right down to it from a podcaster perspective. I mean, there's far more shows that don't care about advertising. So I think this may be, uh, you know, a, a, a good time for podcasting. I think online communications, uh, is, is going to skyrocket. I think people are working from home. I think the internet is how people um, can communicate still and be safe. Uh, so I, I think in a, in a lot of ways, this is going to be boom time for online uh, communications of all sorts, whether it be video, audio, podcasting, online radio. Um, and, and I mean, people can still watch television. So, you know, it's, I think all those, all those mediums are going to become very, very popular and, and podcasting, you know, podcasting is, is, as far as I'm concerned, it's the best of all of the of the mediums, right, Todd? You know, uh, the audio to me, someone's just saying it sounds scratchy. You, you sound perfect to me in my headset. I don't hear, yeah, anything yeah. that's bad audio. So, yeah, I don't know. It, there's so many things that can affect 
that, right? <laughs> it can be at the listener end. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I don't hear anything on the audio side that's, uh, I just, you just quit a little quiet. So, you know, I, I, I don't know. I, you know, that when the last time we had a recession, though, advertising spend went up. So I'm not worried about the advertising piece, but, yeah. and I think podcasters are largely doing their shows. You know, the majority of us, the 99% are doing our shows in our homes. And, and so I don't think podcast production is going to be affected. Maybe some of the pro shows are going to be affected that are, are dependent upon studios. Right. And bringing guests in to the studios. Right. I think that is going to be probably affected by this. I think in, in person conversations uh, is going to definitely be, be affected by this because people aren't going to be traveling as much. Um, you know, people getting together is going to happen less, but th just like what we're doing, Todd here, this is the safest way possible. There's no way you can get a coronavirus through an internet connection. <laughs> no. <laughs> so that's you know, I know right now. <laughs> yeah. So I think overall though, we're going to end up, uh, you know, having, you know, I, I don't say, I guess we'll see what happens with my team. You know, I, the productivity is going to be what the particular is going to be. And, uh, it's just, you know, we're, I told everyone to communicate when you have a question, right. you know, let's not necessarily use Slack. Let's pick up the phone. Let's do a video conference. Let's just make sure that we're communicating and, and, uh, overall you'll, I think it will end up okay. Yeah. And I think that what we're going to see is a lot more virtual conferences, um, s start to pop up. I think people are going to be trying to do stuff, um, using like StreamYard and, um, you know, you know, those type of platforms I think are going to become very popular, um, as a method of marketing, as a method of communications and, um, and shows. So I, you know, I just think that that's, that's going to, this is boom time for those guys. I hope Gage over at StreamYard is, you know, getting real focused right now because I think he's going to get very busy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I even noticed Zoom this morning was loading a little slow. And yeah. I think that, uh, I think it's just because probably the meeting numbers are up. Yeah. 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 So. I just checked the master going into the uh, TriCaster and the uh, audio sounds okay. So. Uh, from a monitoring standpoint, I don't understand where the, may, the issue may or may not be. So no one's here. Hey, those of you watching the stream, you're not hearing scratchy audio, are you? Just let us know. Yeah. Yeah. If you guys can let us know. I mean, Todd sounds great on my end. So yeah. And you sure. sound great here and you sound great at this plug-in that I have over here where I can monitor the, the ultimate okay. mix out. So, <laughs> yeah. But well, anyway, Todd, so go ahead. I mean, if you want to. Talk about all, all, all the events that have um, canceled. I, I don't know if all have heard that the <laughs> NAB is is done. That's a over a, a hundred thousand person show. It's canceled. Um, the the Tom Webster event uh, back in New York City is just going to be all virtual, um, just like what he's really always done in the past. So um, there's not going to be any in person audience like he was planning on. Um, and, and I think it's a big question mark uh, whether or not podcast movement's even going to happen this year. Ah, I I think we'll be well past that by then. Think so? Yeah. Ah, okay. absolutely. You know, this is at some point. Come on, at some point, this let's say they don't get it under control. We right. can't. It's going to become the new norm. People are just going to, you know, we're going to have to do what we do. And, well, and it's very possible that next year we'll all have to get two flu vaccines or something like that. I mean, that's. You know, 
that could be long term what the impact is. Well, they're they're saying eighteen months on a on a vaccine, so we'll see what happens. Maybe if they clean up yeah, the red tape, come, come probably quicker than that. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't want to you know I'm not a doctor. I don't want to speculate on yeah. any type of treatments or anything like that. I'm just doing what I'm doing. I'm not going to change my lifestyle. Besides trying to you know trying to be you know use a little common sense here. <clears throat> So that's that's the main thing. But someone was saying that they seen podcast downloads decrease. So this should be the opposite. You know, I, I'll have to check today, but the downloads should not decrease on a network. Matter of fact, with more people listening, we should have the numbers should continue to go up. You know, because people have you know, let, let's people are not listening while they're at work. Well, Todd, we could be going through a phase, and I think we saw this with 9-11, where people um, are, are searching for new sources, right? Right. So people are trying to get um, different types of content um, that can really help keep them informed with what's happening uh, with, the, with the pandemic. And, and that could be where, where we could see a hit on numbers in the short term. Um, but as people kind of feel comfortable that they have an understanding of what they need to do and get settled in, yeah, I think podcasting will probably see a spike again. But I know I've been spending a lot of time trying to keep up with the news about what's what's happening as well and haven't been listening to as many podcasts per se. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, they're saying you sound overdriven, but you're not being processed on my end at all. I don't understand what's going on because... Okay, I'll... I'll I mean, I'm getting peak red lights over here. Cause so I'm maybe that's the up. problem. Come off red on your side. But okay. you sound, in my ear, you sound perfect. Okay. All right. I don't so understand it. I've, I've turned it down and I'm not peaking anymore. So anyway, okay. So <clears throat> hopefully that's good enough and doesn't lower my volume even more. But um, I think it sounds good on my end. So. Yeah, the audio going out is definitely different than what I'm hearing here. So I'm going to make a, one more adjustment. We'll see if I can fix this. Some, ah, something okay. is cutting off, but you're not being processed, so I don't get it. Yeah. I guess Podcast Movement uh, had a meetup planned in Las Vegas um, on April 21st. I guess that's been canceled as well, which makes sense because that, that's in the time frame of the NAB show. Um, let's see what else is going on. I did notice that Buzzsprout put out a, a, a call for free accounts, free pro accounts on their platform <clears throat> for uh, folks, schools and things like that to put on online classes to, to, to uh, share um, some information about the COVID-19 uh, pandemic. So, you know, schools and government and entities can, can use podcasting as a way to communicate um, out there to help kind of spread the word about, you know, all sorts of issues around this, this whole virus thing. All right. I've done what I could. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah. I think, I mean, it's, it's usually not a problem for us. So no. And I, and I, and what's weird is I hear you perfectly, but I definitely heard chopping going on. Okay. So I don't know why you were clipping and how it's being clipped because you're running straight out of my, Straight out of the Mac Mini, right into the board, and you're not being processed at all. So yeah, yeah, I'm not. Well, I guess I am clipping still here a little bit. 
So. And I've got your volume. I can't turn you up anymore here. I've got you as high okay. as I can go. You can always call in on the other line, see if that fixes it. Let me, if it's coming out <laughs> of my, my system here, then it could be me that's too. a whole different thing. So anyway, it, it, I'm not peaking anymore. So. All right. Well, I guess you'll just have to be quiet. <laughs> yes. I'll just be quieter. No. But anyway, so um, I should probably share because we did promise that Marco Armet was going to join us um, on the show this week. Uh, he had to, to postpone. So I, I think we're, we're going to do that uh, in the next episode of the new media show. Marco is the creator and founder of overcast. So he's going to come on and, and join us hopefully in the next episode, Todd, that we do from your, well, I guess from anywhere. I mean, if, if we do it through Streamyard or do it on your system here. Yeah. I'm going to be here now, you know, I think for at least a couple of weeks. So hopefully okay. we can get him in and get him scheduled. Okay. Yeah. Keep our fingers crossed on that. So do it uh, next Saturday or something. Yeah, potentially. Um, But anyway, so other than that, you know, Tom Webb's again, Todd Webster's event next week will be live and uh, we'll be able to watch that. Then you can uh, sign up for the, so they've got an event, bright invite and we'll be able to watch that. And he's promised an extended uh, Q and a time for the event. So we'll go from there on that, I guess. Yeah, that's, the Infinite Dial 2020 event that's coming up on uh, March uh, 19th uh, out of out of New York. I think he's still doing it from the venue, but I'm not sure if they've changed the the venue. I mean, they, John and John and he may be doing it uh, on Streamyard or something. Who knows? <laughs> so, so we shall see what's what's going on there. But otherwise, in the podcasting space news, it's been relatively quiet. I've been kind of, you know, it looks to me like I was watching some of Cridlin stuff, and it, it looked to me like he was looking for Phil because Mike had to laugh because he says, hey, I, I was like the lead-off article on Pod News yesterday. I'm like, well, th- they must be digging. <laughs> must be digging for news. Well, he led off uh, in the, the headline uh, about the coronavirus stuff. Uh, but... I guess uh, there was a news article that came out saying that the U.S. Spotify listeners have now surpassed Pandora um, in 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 2019. I guess Pandora listeners in 2019 sooner than expected. So so Spotify has now surpassed Pandora. Well, I'm uh, don't know if I yeah I don't know I don't use Spotify that much so. Where did they get that information? Who who announced that information? It was off of uh, eMarketer.com. Oh, so some third party said that there there's more. They've got some stats showing that uh, Pandora has. I know that Pandora has been kind of losing some share here over the last um, last few years, um, but I guess they just kind of crossed each other. It's not by much. Um, I think. Pandora's at about 63 million um, listeners and uh, Spotify is at like at 65. So they're, they're pretty close to each other right now. All right. But the forecasting is, is saying that it could diverge even more here over the next uh, couple of years. Uh, Tom says they're doing it from their homes. They're not using the event location now. Oh, so, 
Okay. But um, safer. That's probably safer for everybody, right? Well, you know, I I didn't. I got to thinking about it last week about New York and going to the city, and uh, I thought, you know, life is life has to continue. So you know, I booked my flight and and uh, thank goodness Delta is giving. I don't. They're well. They're. T- I, I tried to call Delta, and they said, uh, "Oh, seven hour hold time on the phones." And this is right after they locked down what? Europe. Seven hours. Seven hours. Yeah. So I hung up. Not calling back in three or four days. <laughs> right. Yeah. I don't think anybody has seven hours. To wait you know, what was funny was on United. I just went cancel, cancel. Said your account's been credited. Your account's been credited. And I went on Delta site and said cancel. It says call an agent. I'm like just cancel and credit me the flight, you know, can't be that difficult through an online system, but uh, probably they, they're not really used to people canceling in bulk. (laughs) Right. That's true. And I'm sure a lot of, a lot of people are canceling flights. Well, yeah. Uh, Yeah. I think so. (laughs) Yeah. It does kind of raise the question, Todd, of, of um, how much air travel is really going to happen over the next month or so you know i think I mean, people i think people are still going to travel i just think business travel which makes up the majority of airline travel right is is going to be done for a while so we could see fewer flight choices i think is what's going to wind up happening i think that they're going to cut back on the amount of runs that are going yeah because it's just fewer passengers so there's no reason to run flights that are a third full or yeah. quarter full. Even the flights I had had already booked, they were like, I had gotten like three or four rebookings already. Cause they had changed, you know, the number of airplanes on a route and, uh, and, and they were, you know, they were, they were, uh, you know, they basically were saying, right. You know, go to a different flight. You approve this, say yes or no. Yeah. Yeah. I can, I can definitely see that. To happen. So we should probably talk about uh, PodFest. Yeah. Uh, what we thought of that, that event. And I know you, you put up our, our live on stage uh, recording mm-hmm. there. Um, I think it, that turned out really good. I think it sounded really good. I don't think we had any audio issues with that episode. No, I don't <laughs> think we did. Uh, and I'll say one thing about PodFest is that uh, Chris really, you know, he really, if it had been a week later, he'd have had to cancel. Right. You know, so he got real lucky on being able to sneak it in. Yeah. And, I, and I'd actually sent him a, a message saying, anybody reporting back that uh, they've gotten sick? And, you know, so we're, right. you know, I'm right. kind of watching that. We're, we're more than seven days past the event now. So right. any of us that were there in a group, I think uh, knocking on wood here, of course, we wouldn't know if we had it or not for a lot of people. But, uh, you know, I've been watching my, just making sure I'm not running temperature or, you know, I've been checking myself and, and so far so good, but lots, it was, I tell you what, uh, podcast movement's going to have to step it up because that event, um, I would say 65 to 70% were new people. Right. No, clearly it was. I, you know, what What was really shocking to me as I think back on it was how little of an impact this whole virus thing had on that event. I mean, it was, people were just like behaving like, like normal. It wasn't like people were wearing masks or. You can't really get anything. masks, Rob. Rob, there's no mask in the country left. Well, I have them. 
Well, okay. What, did you order them when this all started or what? No, actually, I actually ordered uh, like three or four boxes of these masks uh, back when the H1N1 hit. Did you know that uh, you now could be rich? Yeah. <laughs> you put five of those on eBay for 50 bucks or something. Yeah, uh, there you go. There you go. But then, <laughs> then I wouldn't have access to them myself. But, um, but yeah, I mean... I'm, I was just surprised. I mean, it was like, like normal, right? I mean, all that stuff was going on around <laughs> us and it was like that, that event was like an Island in of itself of normalcy. Yeah. Um, and it was really kind of, kind of interesting. When Shaking I hands. There were some people were doing fist bumps, but oh, yeah. Yeah. you know, so, but it, otherwise it was good. But I think overall the, you know, the feedback we heard was the session rooms were woefully too small. People, right. I heard people say I haven't been able to get in two or three of my sessions that I tried to get into because they were just the rooms were, were standing room only. People standing twenty deep outside the session rooms. Exactly, that's that's exactly what I saw too. And uh, so he definitely underestimated what he needed. You know, like one I was looking at the app, three hundred forty-seven people signed up for a session, and there was like sixty seats or seventy seats in a room. So, you know, way undersized and, you know, maybe they just got more signups and didn't realize, but definitely great conversations on the floor from a exhibitor standpoint, uh, you know, any, but the only bad thing is really no way to scan a badge and, and no one has podcasters. I mean, has, has business cards. Right. The exhibition area felt like kind of like ground zero for the event, um, just because of its location, um, you know, people would go there, um, it, you know, it was really close to all of the session rooms too. It was only right, right around the corner. Yep. Um, and it, it, it just felt like that there was a lot of traffic through there. Um, uh, and I think it was a lot to do with, like you said, Todd, it's just a lot of new podcasters yeah. that were looking to learn about, you know, how to host a podcast. And there were, I mean, there wasn't a huge amount of exhibitors there, but no. the, there was a good sampling of. I, I was actually surprised at some of the people that weren't there, you know, actually, but, um, I'm glad they weren't. I, well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I'm speaking specifically about hosting platforms, right? but, um, but I thought it was interesting really, as I think about it, and I know we talked about it on last week's show a little bit was just, uh, I thought about a lot about who wasn't there, right? Just, in the, just <sighs> from an attendee perspective. And, and a sponsorship perspective, I mean, and I was up in New York prior to that event and, um, just people up there just didn't know anything about that event down there. It was just, it was shocking to me actually how much of a divide there is in the industry. And that, that was clearly, I mean, people were, these are all people that were going to podcasting events. So they're, they're people that are very much plugged into going to podcasting events, but they didn't even know about PodFest. Yeah, they they didn't years. even know it existed. Yeah, right. And it's been going on for five years. So, and then, and then um, Nick uh, from Hot Pod had had his secret kind of you know Hot Pod Summit that went on on um, March fifth, um, which was the same day that I flew down to Podfest. Um, so, you know, it's it's you know. You just kind of see that 
Um, and it's and it's disappointing to see that there there isn't you know more crossover there. Well, it just um, it shows you that the big networks, the mid rolls of the world, the panoplies, the gimlets, the the transistors, the all those folks don't care about indie podcasters. I don't. I mean, is that? I mean, I guess that's that must be part of what's going on there, right? I mean, that's the only thing, only explanation of why we we, we didn't see. I mean, Pandora was the only one at Pandora at was there. Was the only one that was there, and they were talking to a lot of people from all of the larger platforms too. I mean, Apple wasn't even there. They were so. demonstrating their. Up, I didn't get to see it but they were demonstrating their upcoming stats. They're being very careful about getting ready to roll that out. Right. But it, but Todd, I guess, I mean, to be fair about it, um, probably a lot of the reason why we didn't see a lot of folks from the, the other bigger platforms and the bigger media companies is because of the virus. I, I don't, but you, I don't know. but I don't you know. already know they didn't even know the event was happening. So I'm, I don't, I don't know. I'm not going to give them that much credit. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, some of the people that I talked to up in up in New York about it weren't necessarily folks that were that were part of like the, the big um, platforms. Right. They were like just people that that were in the ad business or people that were working around show production and things like that. So I I think there is a perception that that event isn't necessarily for um, professional producers, right? And or the big radio networks, or it's just not the not the kind of event that that, that they you would think to go to. And I'm not sure why they they draw that distinction. Um, because I mean, podcasting is podcasting. Yeah. You know? Well, I was really, and I, and I think I was asking everyone where they're from, and what it made me kind of realize is is that even though it was North Carolina, South Carolina, Georgia, Florida. Mm-hmm. Uh, large numbers from Florida, large numbers from the Tampa, Orlando area. Right. And if they got, I don't, he, there wasn't 1,800 at the show. I would say no. 11 or 1,200 at the show. Yeah. Um, if they could draw that many from that region, it just shows you that, you know, we can't afford to, to do all these events, but there could be an event in Florida. There could be an event like this done, you know, much bigger. You know, there's opportunities for folks that are having events on the East Coast. And then there's event, there could be a, you could have this mid-America. Then you could do, you could do Seattle and probably LA and, you know, probably pull the same type of numbers. But, you know, who can afford to do 10 trade shows? You know, my company can't. Up in the... The New York area, I mean, a lot of those events up there, and I talked to a few people about this too, are, are like half-day events. Right. So there isn't, um, and maybe a lot of these folks just don't have the the jobs or the opportunity to go to multi-day events um, out, out of town. And definitely the Thursday, Friday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday worked, right. you know, because we had people that came Saturday. They could not come on Friday. Cause they were working 
And it's been my big complaint about podcast movement. It's turned into a Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday event. Right. Which tends to attract the businesses, more, more professional podcasting right. platforms. Um, yeah. So unless there, there's a weekend component um, that more indie folks can come to at podcast movement. Yeah, I agree with you, Todd. It's probably not going to be as popular of an event for, for the indie producers. But as a podcast host that's exhibiting for us, it's all, you know, same thing for you guys. You know, it, great you're hosting at Libsyn. Great, you know, happy to see you that you're hosting with us. And let's answer some questions. And, you know, thanks for coming. But in the end, you know, we're trying to add two, three hundred new hosting customers to the platform. Right. And if I don't see two, three hundred new podcasters, it's I'm just there waving the flag saying, yeah, we're still in business. That's true. Todd, I, I mean, did you feel like that the networking opportunities at PodFest were not, not as great as they could have been? Yeah, I don't think so. Um, I mean, I was there for some of the days when th there wasn't really anything going on in the evening. So, yeah. I mean, I think it that was the feedback that I gave, yeah, because they sent out a little, like, you know, an email with a survey. Right. To give feedback on, on the event. Um, and that, that's the feedback that I gave is that I think podcast movement does a, a, a pretty outstanding job of having after hour events. I think the podcast movement is the one that tends to have the loud music at, at those events, um, that makes it hard for people to, to network and talk. Um, that's one thing that I think PodFest did a pretty good job of at their networking events. They didn't have loud music generally playing yeah i would have a tendency to agree yeah so you know, you know dan and jared take that feedback for what it's worth well you know i think dan and jared are also hands tied because the, sometimes a sponsor will say we'll do it not the yeah the and they right. and dan and jared have little you know little input on whether or not it's going to be 800 decibels or not yeah, that's a good point, Todd. And and it depends on the the music that or the music provider or whatever that's brought into the yeah. event. Now, yeah, I'll I'll give them credit at podcast. Go ahead. Yeah, right. I'll give them credit. Podcast Move Evolutions the the Valentine's Day night event was perfect. Right. right. You know that event we could all sit around and talk. We didn't have to yell. Right. Right. Have a cocktail. That was you know that was a perfect networking event. And, you know, if I was ever going to write the big check for a thirty-five dollars or $40,000, whatever it costs to hold one of those evening parties, um, that's what I would do too. You know, and if you look at how the, where were we at? In Pittsburgh? Um, or was it Philly? We're Philly, right? We're in Philly. Phil yeah, podcast movement last year. Yeah, Philly. So that event in that I marketplace. Mean, two years ago. Yeah, two years ago. That event was perfect too because you could get close to the loud music or you could walk 50 feet away and, still have a conversation so yeah i think they had it in that that market area next to the hotel right yeah so it was this huge facility right that they could put music in one location but there was plenty of other places you could go in the facility to get away from it so on podfest though they had a party sunday night i had already flown out did you go to the party sunday night uh yeah mm -hmm. and how was that 
Um, that's where Dave Jackson and there was a band up on stage. No, 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 no. That was Saturday night. That was Saturday night. Yeah. The following night they had a, a close, a, a closing party. The last day of the event. Oh yeah. Yeah. There wasn't really any music at that. So yeah. So that, 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 that was good. But it but wasn't did, really much of an event because everyone left. Everybody took off because the event ended so early. Yeah. So, yeah. And the first night they had some sort of network thing in the ballroom. I, I didn't participate in that where you sit down at tables and. Right. I'd much rather mingle. <laughs> right. So, so Todd, I mean, I mean, I know that we were planning on having some meetings with the RSS coalition. I, I guess we can, we can still plan on doing that for pod podcast movement, I guess. So hopefully this thing will lift. Um, at the same time though, we got to get some other stuff going with that group to see if we can get some work done between now and August yeah. or whenever that event is. And I think getting, getting more people f from the industry in there, I think is also sh should be a goal too. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that's all good. Yeah. I see where it's going on with this clipping. I don't, I don't understand. It's definitely on my end at this point, but I don't know why I, I I'm looking at my audio scale Are and, uh, still saying we're clipping. Well, you're yeah. And I don't know why we're clipping because I'm looking at the input and it's according to my board here in front of me, it's minus, we're not getting any higher than minus 20 and, and I'm not even getting in the, in the yellow, but somehow we're still clipping from time to time. I don't understand it. So I've got some troubleshooting to do on my end. So for those of you on the stream, my apologies. always a, a, a balanced job. Yeah, and so with this new computer, I put this new computer in and, and Apple does not have a, they got rid of a, you know, now you only have one port. And so you have to buy a, a utility, uh, a, a, a dongle to basically right. hook audio up. And so that is, yeah. that's where lies the issue. So anyway, so what, uh, what else is going on in the space? Interesting question. Like, <laughs> uh, like you said, there's, it's kind of quieted down a little bit. Um, I, I have noticed that there's more and more of these, um, these rating charts starting. to. Oh yeah. Up. And actually I saw, I was going to talk about it. Let me find it. An email had come in from a company that's making some really bold claims. Uh, a company I've never heard of before. Let's see if I can find it here. Uh, I think I put it over here. Yeah, 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 yeah. So let me go over here. I've got a little notepad where I'm um, tracking companies. It says, it's a company called it Backtracks. Backtracks. Yeah. Backtracks is is one right now. If you go to backtracks.fm charts or forward slash charts, forward slash top dash 500. Now listen to this claim. Among the features that Backtrack says it can offer is allowing a podcaster to have the ability to know whether someone who auto-downloaded an episode has actually listened to the show and whether that listener finished an episode 
listen to specific ads or slipped over content. That includes giving publishers data of who is listening to their content, which seg- listen to this. That includes giving publishers data who is listening to their content, which segments they actually listen to, what parts they skipped on, and what devices, including demographics, sought after by potential advertisers and partners. This is a bold, bold claim by Backtracks. Is saying right. that they can... Okay, someone... <laughs> I'm going to put on my hat here. I'm going to call absolute, unequivocal, in my opinion, BS that they on. So they're going to tell me that someone that is auto subscribe, the Apple podcast. No, let's say by overcast. They can tell me how much who actually listened. There's got to be a that they listened and how far they listened and that they listened to various parts of it. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So there's got to be some other piece there uh, that's probably on our player or on our app. It's not, that's a blanket statement that is unequivocally, in my opinion, more than likely false. False. Right. Or it's, it's exaggerated. Yeah. At, at best. (laughs) So if they have a player or if they have an app, of course they can do that. But it's only going to be a sample. A sample. Right. It's not going to, you can't make a claim that you can do this across all the listening platforms because it's not possible. It's not possible. No. So. Just ask ask Marco Arment that question. We'll see what his answer is. Right. (laughs) You know, so if, if, if they, so that's a pretty bold, 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 you know, bold. Oh, they don't even own backtracks.com what is the website backtracks.fm oh must be they couldn't afford the or or it just wasn't available yeah oh, so yeah someone else owns it <clears throat> yeah so are they they using a redirect or something I, I don't even know how they're getting this data to begin with to even have a ranking chart they say backtrack podcast analytics works on any device, any host, any podcast powered by the open source podcast analytics standard, which is problematic in itself. Right. Our tools, SDKs and APIs add advanced capabilities yet is simple and easy to use. So they've got a player. Of course, they're showing a player on their, on their site. That, yep, that for sure could track, you know, where someone has listened and where they've jumped out. But that's only going to be a sample. And who are these folks? I don't know. Um, Let me look. I'm looking at their, okay, it says about backtracks. It says it was founded in 2016. It's got thousands of podcasts serviced. Uh Uh-huh. Zero privacy invaded. Uh Uh-huh. In my opinion, yeah, they got a bunch it, of videos. It doesn't say. Yeah, we don't know who they are. Oh, let's see what their pricing is. Well, they don't list their pricing on their website when you click or pricing. They even have a business model. So who? So they Company. have a product called Switchboard. Yeah. I, okay. So. When, it just irritates me that when there's articles that are published online about this, and you know, I'm just going to call the publisher out 
that did this? If if you're going to be insider radio, why are you why you don't ask questions? You know, because I don't know. Maybe there really isn't a lot of journalism going on here. Oh, is it just re reposting the press release? Yeah, and they've got a five hundred top five hundred ranker. You know, they're not. How are they measuring these? They're not measuring these. How, where's the source of this data? Right. They don't validate their 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 credibility. Are they taking stuff off of Apple Podcasts and putting together a list? You know, there's no explanation on how they do this do this chart. Yeah. So. It doesn't look tremendously sophisticated, Todd. Well, again, they've gotten a bunch of money. Well, wow. uh, for some reason, I got to unhook that computer from my phone because every time a phone comes in, you you just disappear off the screen, <laughs> and uh, it's good. Max tell me, "Hey, you got a phone call coming in." <laughs> Great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it shows. Joe Rogan is the number one podcast. It shows um, Supernatural with Ashley Flowers is the number two podcast yep. from from Paircast, and the Daily number three, and then number four is the Coronavirus Fact versus Fiction from CNN. So I guess there's been a real spike in the number of coronavirus podcasts that are popping up. I know that was covered on pod news as well. So which makes sense, which makes sense. People want to find out, you know, I know that there's some CDC podcasts that are out there as well, uh, that have been talking about the coronavirus as well. Oh, there's and a bunch. So, yeah. And some of these are putting out, you know, kind of, I, I, I should say kind of not contradictory, but sometimes the advice and I've listened to some of these, are putting out different advice about what to do than what you're hearing from mainstream media. And they're typically, um, the, the people that are being brought in these programs are, are real medical, uh, and virological professionals. Um, and some of them are saying to wear masks in public places. That's interesting. Um, and, and, and the reason that they're saying that is that, that that's cutting down on the potential of you Partic- breathing in, oh, breathing um, in the the you know like if somebody sneezes or coughs, right? It, it cuts down on the potential that those those small droplets are missed in the air. You will um, take into your your body, but they do say to take it off, take the mask off when you're outside of kind of group areas with well, people around. Yeah. Well, seeing that you can't buy any, and they're uh, and they've already been basically. Vendors have said ninety-five <laughs> percent of Americans are not going to get a mask, probably for the next six months. Right. You know, they're all also that. I I do see ads for them on uh, in Amazon. Oh yeah, they've got ads for them. Go ahead and try to buy some. <laughs> yeah, I think I saw one place that have like one box of twenty of them. It was like nine hundred dollars. Yeah, come on, that's just someone. Yeah. Price gouging. <laughs> yeah. But when this is all over, I bet you every every household in America will stockpile a hundred of these. 
Well, that's that's what I did back with the the H1N1 came out. But, that was like four, four, four or five years ago. And guess what? You know, I I never used one of them. Right. So they they're probably all today. dry rotted. You put one on, and so here's the business to be in, and here's probably what you need to do. You know, take some old blue jeans. No, I'm serious. Cut some old blue jeans up. Right. And make some mask. It doesn't have to be, you know, that's the same effectiveness that it's going to have. Because you're not, you know, you're not form-fitted. The air is getting around. Right, right. And, and so oh, oh, by the way. Those, those masks are hard to breathe through. And, oh, I, oh, no, I've no. Them before. But just remember, air will take the past path of least resistance. So even if you are got a mask on and it's not form-fit, it's going to, the air is coming around and in. It's it not, is. it's not coming through them. You're not breathing through the mask. You're not getting most of your air through there. Yeah. Cause it's hard to breathe through those things. <laughs> yeah. Cause they're not. Yeah. A... I, I, I agree with you, Todd. So, so maybe, may, it, I think more of the mask is going to help you prevent touching your face. You're going to contaminate the outside of the mask. So that should you uh, be wearing like <laughs> surgical gloves too? That's 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 another question. Well, then okay. As well. All right, then how many of those are you really going to need surgical gloves? You know. Well, well, but that is going to keep you from touching your face too. Uh, you, you might be surprised. Wear some surgical gloves and see how often you touch your face. Interesting. Yeah. You know, having gone to CES for all these years, I have. You know, I got in the habit, and and I'm out of habit, to be honest with you, of doing this, touching the back, touching my face with the back of my hand. And but the problem is, if you're shaking hands, that does that doesn't help you anyway, because you know you're rubbing you're rubbing your face where someone's fingers were on your on your hand. So, you know, so. <laughs> uh, this is this is probably the most talked about topic in America right now. And, and probably people are sick of it, but it's just, it, it is, what are you going to do? Right. Yeah. yeah. That's true. So is there, there are comments happening on Facebook? Yeah, a little bit. They're saying crazy, isn't it? Perfect time to be working in online education. I'm very fortunate to be working for a virtual school. And that's from, from Lou. And then, uh, Greg said earlier, Greg from, uh, Source Audio said, uh, a friend that runs a very business admin biz from her home just posted network and bandwidth issues are a nightmare. Guess we'll see if the ISPs can step up or if they're the next weak link in the value chain. You know, here's what they're finding in Italy. I did a story about it last night on my show, Geek New Centro, was that all the kids are at home. So they're all doing uh, Minecraft and uh, all these virtual head-to-head games. So the network over there is ba- barely surviving because these kids are online 24 seven and what you know, normally would be a slow time. Cause they're at school and businesses are using the internet. Right. That traffic is all together right now with everyone being online at the same time. And, right. uh, right. in Europe, they're having to lay in more, uh, you know, basically more, uh, more data and, mm-hmm. uh, firing up some fiber. So it's, there's definitely, I'm sure we're going to see more stories about this as this ramps up and people are doing video conferencing from home and everything else, how the bandwidth, especially if you live in a metro area, 
But, you know, and especially they shut the schools down. Now, here in my local community, they just closed the schools. So right. we have no cases in this area whatsoever. The closest case is like 100 miles away. And mm-hmm. um, they're, they're closing the schools through the middle of April at this point. And they're going virtual. They did a poll at the school to find out how many kids have internet at home. And because mm-hmm. this is a largely rural community, you know, these kids, uh, you know, most of these kids have like three down. So they barely have enough to do video. So. Yeah, I mean, I think you're right, Todd. I think bandwidth in some of the communities, because if you look at um, some of the DSL connections that, that are out there, out especially in, into rural communities are basically essentially like party lines you know right i mean a lot of a lot of young people don't know what a party line is but um it's basically where your connection kind of runs through a community and it's all shared right it's all the same internet connection um it just it's a lot of bandwidth but it's all kind of metered at each of your homes but there's only so much running through that pipe right and if everybody's online (laughs) streaming netflix and and doing video conferencing, yeah, it's gonna it's gonna saturate the pipe. Yeah, yeah. So it's uh, so we'll see we'll see what happens with the uh, with the bandwidth. We'll see if uh, they can keep keep it up. The bandwidth holds up. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so so anyway, I'm trying to think uh, anything else uh, popping um, in in the news. I know that there's an article in. Um, the podcast business journal talking about the three big takeaways from PodFest 2020. So you should head over and maybe check that one out too. So what was their commentary? Um, it was mainly about kind of, kind of the content of it. Um, I know that the keynote speaker, which I thought was re- re- really interesting, uh, uh, Ronsley, uh, Vaz, who's, who works with Gary Vaynerchuk. He did a presentation at the event. Uh-huh. Um, he actually didn't make it to his originally scheduled presentation time, so they put him on stage on the last day. And Todd, I think you had already left when when he was doing this, but they they put him on uh, on stage just prior to you know how how he usually does. Um, Chris does kind of like the thanking of everyone for coming, and everybody comes up on stage and stuff like that. Well, Ronsley did his presentation uh, just prior to that, right and. And he works for Gary Vaynerchuk, um, and and talked about you know how how podcasters need to um, not copy Gary, right? Because I guess there's a lot of copycats out there um, <laughs> trying to copy, copy no. what Gary's doing, right? Yeah, um, and and to be this controversial character, you know, you know, calling people out and stuff, and. And he's saying uh, that's probably not a good good thing to do. Now, granted, that could be a little bit of a self-serving thing, somewhat. <laughs> um, I have to say, um, but you know, I think it is true that I think each of us have our own personalities and our own capabilities and our own understanding of the world around us, and we need to tap into that um, and and be who we are and not try and copy others. So that was the takeaway. That was my takeaway. Oh, from it. yeah. So you know, I mean, he talked about kind of kind of the psychology of podcasts uh, and and what drives audience. You know, and you look at Gary's podcast, 
he's he's a pretty extreme personality. He's a fast talker. He's he he tries to stay at the cutting edge of social media and things like that. So I mean, I would love to get Gary on the show at some point. I mean, I've met Gary a couple times over the years, but. It'd be interesting to have him on the show to talk about his his perspective on podcasting. You might be able to get that done. I, I so. doubt he would go on for an hour. Uh, I don't know, Todd. We'll see. Because he's kind of like a ten minute full blast, and he's done. Well, that's you know, true. he is a he is a shotgun. I mean, I, that's a good good description for Gary. <laughs> you know, he has I, a message and he shoots it out and. It makes a lot of noise. So what did you think about the interview with Adam Curry on? I haven't listened to it at all yet because I, I, I haven't had three hours to spend with it. <laughs> yeah, I, I listened to the whole thing, and I will disagree with a couple of people who said it was not worth listening to. Oh, I, I think it was. I think James Cridlin said that about it. Yeah. He, did, he didn't like it. Well, because... Cridlin's radio and Curry is anti-establishment. So a lot of the stuff Adam talking about is anti-establishment stuff. And well, he's always been like that, right? There's no surprise with that. No. With him. Right. I don't know if that's what, why Cridlin didn't like it or not, but you know, and I, you know, and I will say this, Adam got a few dates wrong, but I would have to have a, cheat sheet in front of me too would basically lay out every year that things happened and so when did he i mean what dates do you remember what he got wrong well some stuff that happened real early on and he did get at least he got the names right well he did give credit where credit's due on the naming of podcasts and the first podcast and you know all this stuff that happened i mm-hmm. think that was uh accurate um you know i think that has been well defined um so I think yeah, they I got a little yeah. baked. I think they, you know, I think that always drives the conversation. You know, I, I don't know. I, I'm, I don't Adam smoke weed. A, so Adam has a reputation that maybe a lot of new people in the medium don't really understand uh, of kind of wanting to rewrite history a little bit. So, well, some of the, I think he got, I don't think he rewrote any history. Um, yeah. not that I could tell from, the okay. well that's good i i think that that was you know the, there may have been some dates a little but you know the general history of when things happened and you know what led up to it i think it's important to have that right perspective remember yeah i mean you remember what happened on wikipedia with him right, right. i mean that, i mean that's what basically took him down from being an esteemed leader of this medium was what happened there right so, but so, well, I don't really re- be honest with you, I don't remember that. No, I do. I do. There's a lot of people, I mean, that were really, really critical of him because he was going in there and changing the Wikipedia re- uh, references to the history of podcasting and making sure that his, I mean, he was kind of fabricating some of the, the timeline and things that happened. So it made it look better for him. So. Well, we, you know, I think if we look at, here's the undisputed fact. He wrote the damn script to do, to be able to move right. media. Right. I don't care what anybody says. He wrote the first script w- with some help from Apple. Right. He even admits that he got some code from somebody at Apple to write the script, to be able to move the enclosure 
to the iPod. Right. Yeah, and no from there, a whole bunch right. of pod, a bunch of apps came up. He also was the first to give his directory to help populate the first version of Apple Podcast. Right. Of what then was iTunes, and right. a whole bunch of other stuff. So, you know, undisputedly, yep, someone else named podcasting, and that really goes between. You know, there was two incidences where it was mentioned way, way early, then again, and then. You, know. you talk to Dave Weiner and Adam, and they'll they'll tell you a completely different story. Compared, I mean, I was involved in the whole thing back then. I was in the uh, that same article. I was mentioned in that same article, and I had the guy that wrote the article you know, for the Guardian. He was on my show two weeks before he wrote the article. Um, so yeah, I, I clearly remember what happened back then. Um, but Adam and Dave claimed that they had named podcast no. six months before that. No, I don't. Yeah. Well, Ben, there was argument on, on, uh, on Twitter. With well, Dave that's not the it. history he's reporting now. Okay. Well, that's good. Cause it's not Ben. What was the other guy's name? Uh, what do you mean? The other guy's name? Ben Hammersley and, um, ben. Yeah, yeah. Ben, Ben was the guest on my show, but there was another guy that before, did something before. What was his name? I can't remember. Uh, doesn't oh, matter. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I know who you're talking but about. But there was another reference to the word pot. You know, who gives, you know, the name is the name. It's the mechanics of what happened that really changed and made the evolution of what the media is today. So, right. Um, and I think it was more of a crowd crowd decision of using that name, too. Is I, I mean, I also recall, Todd, and I, I think you were involved in this, too. Um, very early on, the podcasting community at that time, which was very small, was very much against the name podcast. I never was. I thought it was a perfect name, but I know, but many, many, were, yeah, many were against the name. Were, were totally against, yeah, it and didn't like that it was associated with one listening platform. Well, and what happened too is Apple came and did a, did the hammer on a couple of apps right. legally right. that you know that caused. Yeah. You know, and so it caused people got confused and thought that Apple was going to, you know, was going to put the hammer on the word podcast and they didn't. They Well, they put the hammer on the word pod. Pod. Yeah. On the apps so, that were using yeah, like right. iPodder or something like that. Exactly. Yeah. They yeah. sent out cease and desist letters and, to, to many in the, that were coming up with companies that were using the word pod. Yeah. Uh, and a lot of those companies had to change their names yeah. or, or, or they went out of business. One yeah. Two. You know, and it was mostly apps. There was no businesses in those early days. You know, it was, it was the iPodder app and some of those others that they yeah. should have known better. Right. Right. <laughs> you know, but I don't, I mean, I don't blame Apple for doing that because they were, they were just defending their trademark. But, um, but it is true that, that it did kind of suppress the early days of the medium because there was a lot of energy that was growing around th this whole medium back then. And that did kind of put a damper on it for, for a while. Yeah. 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 So, it's like so big, big media company. Clinton, he was on Joe Rogan. So yeah, yeah, yeah right. So that's who he was on. And uh, a lot of people heard that at <laughs> that conversation, I'm sure. So, yeah, it was episode 1436 on Joe Rogan. So, you know, I, and again, you know, I'm sure there'll be a lot of people that, you know, Clinton, you go through and listen to it. Let us know. You were here from the beginning. So, well, 
Well, Todd, why do you think that um, Adam doesn't come out and get involved in any of the podcasting event or get involved in the industry of podcasting you know, anymore? He, What's your thoughts? He does seven hours of show a week, and I think he is, I think he's, I think he spends an enormous amount of time prepping. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I don't know, you know, does he get invited? I I frankly think people have given up inviting him because he's said no so many times. So anyway, that's, you know, I like Adam a lot and, uh, I, I truly, I know I personally would not be here. No, I know. I agree with you. Blueberry and everything we did would not exist. I mean, absolutely not exist without, yeah, it's sheer, it's sheer luck. Well, Todd, let's let, let's get Adam to. I mean, if, if you're willing to try and invite Adam to come on this show, oh, I'd love to ask see if I can. I, I I think I've asked in the past, right? I mean, I've I've done our. I mean, if you do a search for a conversation, you know, you've you've done an interview with him. Yeah, I've done an interview with him. I know Rob. I don't know if Rob Walsh has done one. I think he did. Um, I think mine was like an hour and a half long, but that that was back in 2005. Yeah. And I haven't really talked to Adam that often. I know you have. I don't talk to Ad, Adam too much. I'll tweet him or something, you know. Right. I try not to bother him too much. Yeah. But, I think I've talked to Dave Weiner more often than I have Adam. Uh, let's but, see. Here. Let me look at when my interview was with him. It's been two or three years. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Did you have him on your? Um, yeah, it's on in 2017, and there was a few things he said during that interview that the dates were a little off. So I think he helps. You know, can can you remember everything in 2004, three? No. <laughs> I can I can remember what I did um, when the whole podcasting space started, but I was involved in platforms um that were doing almost exact same thing as podcasting was before podcasting started so there were there were technologies from companies i mean like microsoft um that had a um sync and go product back in 2002 to 2005 um that basically synchronized audio and video content from windows xp over to a pocket pc device i don't know the if everyone listening to this remembers what a pocket PC device was, but it was very similar to what we know of today as a, as a smartphone or, or a, um, an iPod, but they got uh, no traction though. Come on. Pocket PCs. Well, that, that that didn't get no traction. Come on. They sold millions of those. (laughs) Okay. Well, people weren't listening to audio on them. Yeah, they did. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, it, it worked exactly the same way. I mean, I was my my radio show was on that platform, and I know how many people were listening to my show uh, because I saw the the numbers. It, it was in the millions. Minuscule oh. adoption, Rob. Come on. Well, I mean, if you look at the the <laughs> scale of the global internet at that time, you, you're. I mean, you're you're right, Todd. I mean, it it was a minuscule portion of it that was using that platform. But it was the same <clears throat> basic concept. But it was a what it was was a proprietary platform. Right. Lockdown <clears throat> gatekeeper. And exactly, and there was only thirteen content providers. <laughs> right. 
right. So it goes back to, you know, why this is, that's why podcasting worked and that didn't. Well, I got paid 25 Okay, you got, but, but you got to understand you were one of 13. I know. I 13, was. 13. I was. There's, there's. I, I tried to get them to open it up to more and that they shut it down just prior to them launching uh, a Windows Mobile. So I tried to get them to say, well, why don't you port it over to Windows Mobile? And they didn't do it. So, so, so we had, we had 50 shows the first month of podcasting that were global distribution with no stinking gatekeepers. And you guys had 13. That was, come on. Yeah. Say what you will. I know. That wasn't podcasting. That was controlled distribution. It was. It's not the same thing. I, I, I agree with you 150%. And I also don't get paid 25 cents per download. No, you don't. If I could get paid 25 cents a download, they, they could have the whole thing. <laughs> That's our... That's our new goal for a business model, Todd, is get paid 25 cents you, per download. You know, I, I tell my audience, if each one of you give me two bucks, I could hire like four people. All we want is 25 cents per download. I wanted two bucks a month. All I wanted from my audience was two bucks a month, 50 cents, no, a quarter. If I do eight shows in a month, I need a, a quarter an episode. That's what, yeah, 25 cents a download. If I can get a, if I can get a quarter, if I can get a quarter from every listener, every, just a quarter for every show. Right. Change the, been a lot of people have play, played around with micro I, I could, I could, I could blow that wall out and we could have 3000 more feet and, and open up a creator space for 50 people. All I need is a quarter from every listener. Todd, Todd it's, it's, it's totally possible. You know that, right? Oh Actually, yeah, no, right. it's not. It's not. Yeah, it, is. it is not. Think about because only, that. only, only. Okay, I don't. All right, every take podcaster that's same. listening, every podcaster is listening. Take How your many audience. People that listen to this podcast would 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 give us twenty five cents to listen to an episode. Ten percent. The question. It's a question. Ten percent. Five. Five percent. Well, they must not value the program very highly. That's not you no know, value for value. It's you know, yeah. if we could, if we could, if we could duplicate Adam's model, we would. We I would actually do a lot of prep. <laughs> well, let's talk about Adam's model. Let's. He's he goats his audience to donate, right? No, it's value for value. It's not goading. Uh, he gives people a hard time if they don't donate. No, calls if you know his audience calls. He never he never dogs anybody that doesn't give a donation. The audience members that donate call other audience members oh, okay. douchebags. All right, all right. But John and Adam never calls anyone a douchebag. Their audience calls other members a douchebag for not. It's don't, the good cop, bad cop deal, right? The good right. cop is the producers, the people that listen. They're listeners, right? Yeah, but they. They instigate that, don't they? No, they do not. They don't. They never call anybody a douchebag. You you haven't listened to the show very much. No, I haven't. But what they really said, though, what they what they really do is they say if if you value, he goes into this in some detail on on the Rogan's uh, episode. But I mean, is there a, a you know is there a tip here that the greater community can learn? Absolutely, right? and that's why I say every podcaster that wants to do donations 
Right. No one, this is how, this is how to do it, no right. one, I, I would just, if someone finds someone that does donations better, please send me the show. Send me the show. I want to hear it. I want to listen to it a hundred times. <laughs> yeah. No one, no one does a donation better than, than Adam Curry and John C. DeVore. No one does it better in this space. I, I challenge anyone to find a show that does it better and brings in the type of revenue they bring in. They will say if they've had a slow donation month, they'll say, well, if you want us to continue doing the show, it's true. It's true because that's their income. It's not, it's not believable that they would quit doing the show, right? Well, come on. There's, there is some salesmanship going on. Yes, there is. But, but at the same time, they do a value for value. They get input from the audience. They have a tiering system. Right. Which is royal titles. Right, right, right. You can become right. a duke, a knight, <laughs> a baron, yeah. and rightly so because people are do- people are donating thousands and thousands of dollars to that show. Right. Yeah. Why? Why are they donating thousands and thousands of dollars? Because, because the they the, foster a a community that uh, wants to fit into the community. Right. Yeah, and they call them producers, and they're not listeners. They, they've got a they've got a chat room that they call the troll room, and fourteen hundred people show up and troll. They tell them troll away. Fourteen. They don't call them a chat room. They call it a troll room. Oh, great. Well, I guess it's it's realizing what it's going to be. Right. You know, and they do fact checking for them while they're doing the show. They tell the audience, "Find us that date." Someone goes find the audience in the troll room. So, yeah, I, unless you've listened to the show, I've, as much as I've talked about it on the show, everyone should go listen to the damn thing once or twice. They're, I've actually listened to one episode. They're equal before. opportunity I, smashers. I heard it. I some, heard it. some days they're beating up on Republicans. Some days they're beating up on Democrats. I'm sure they're having a field day with coronavirus. And they're finding I all. I see that they have a new cover art up there. Like the last two episodes I've seen, it talks about Corona. Every episode has a new album art. I know, Todd. I'm. You can't drink the Corona beer anymore because you might get the right. Of course, the virus. So, but they have new. The but you didn't hear that. They have people that compete for album art. They have six or seven album art donations that are being done while they're streaming live. They stream audio live, not video. And there are people that are listening to the show. They're listening to the topics, and they create album art for the show during the show and upload it. That Adam and John pick from post show, and that is their new show album art. Wow. Okay. They have thousands of so. Yeah. What audience? What audience in the podcasting space has an audience that creates new show art every episode for them? They don't create it; their audience does. They're 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 producers. So, what you're saying is that the episode art is really their their show art. Right. Every, every, yeah. Every, they put new show art up every episode. Right. 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 So you never know what you're going to get. I always laugh when I look at it because well, it changes from all of the platforms. No, the album no. So it's show art. Yeah. It's show art. Right. So right. <laughs> it's funny. it is funny, you know, Yeah, it is funny. And, uh, so, pretty smart actually. I mean, I have to say, but, you know, they, they got to the point where their donation segment got so long, they had to split it into two. Right. So they have the, the 200 and up 
segment and they have the 200 and below segment and anybody that is 50 and below, they don't even get mentioned. They just get thanked. Right. Cause that's peanuts. And it probably takes any, depending on the show, it could take 30 to 45 minutes to get through the two donation segments. And here's what it is. The donation segment is actually content for the show because people send in notes and they'll talk about something, 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 something. And they'll discuss the note that came in as part of the show, along with play clips. They probably play 30 clips during the show that they've actually curated from ABC, CBS, uh, it's, uh, Al Jazeera, da, 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 da. And they will talk about the stupidity. It's, it's media deconstruction. They deconstruct what people say try to figure out if there's an agenda, trying try to find the CIA spook, all this stuff that they do, it has a life of its own. And it, it's brilliant how they have devised that show. And if you can just leave your politics at the door. <laughs> right. And just be open to both sides. Right? Yeah. And listen, you know, one day you're thinking, man, are they conservative? And the next day you listen to him say, but are they liberal? Right. <laughs> or... Or it runs the gambit. And I think well, if I was to... Given g- that, Todd, I, I can see why they called their, their chat room the troll room. <laughs> yeah. You know, and I can, I can guess... both sides of that. Right? I can guess that... Uh, I can guess John C. Dvorak, he sounds like he's a Democrat. I can kind of maybe over time have guessed that. But you really don't know. And Adam, I have no idea. I have no idea which side of the fence he votes on because one day it's one way and the next day it's the next. And I can say they're equal opportunity smashers. And I've spent a lot of time on this topic. And I think the reason that I have is because podcasters can learn. He is a master in being able to get audience engagement. Just the engagement from the audience alone, most podcasts, and take the money out. Take the money out. Well, Todd, I think this has evolved for them. This isn't something that he, he was an expert at in, in the early days. I think he's, he's done this because of the show that he's done with John, D, John Dvorak, and they've just played around with models to see what works. And, and I think they've, they've solved the, the puzzle, right? Yeah. To, to find a, a model that actually works, but it, it may not work for every type of podcast though. Yeah. I think the type of podcast that he does, um, is uniquely positioned to take advantage of the, the model that he has. Just listen to the beginning of their show. You, right. you listen to the first five minutes of the show and you know, they've changed from having intro music to just jumping into it's, just you know, like us. Yeah, I mean, they we re- don't have intro music. We don't do any of that kind of stuff. I mean, and, and some people will will criticize us for not having a professionally produced show or not editing. Or well, that. look what we did today. We spent the first 17 minutes of this trying to fix the audio, you know, live. Right. You know, and the audio's broke. And, the, you know, I'm still telling people in the saying, we, what I, I hear you perfectly, but going over the stream, it's chopping. So Yeah, but, you know, I, the other side of that, is that that's normal for podcasters. This is what happens to us is normal experience right. for somebody that's doing a podcast. And, and I think we're just being real with our audience yeah. about we're not perfect either. We, th- things go haywire for what we do. We've been doing this a long time. And I, and I put a new Mac mini over there and that's the problem. The audio levels coming out of that Mac mini aren't where they supposed to be. Right. 
So you have to tweak stuff and it doesn't mean you stop podcasting because you can't, you know, get things perfect. And if it pisses me off too much, I'll put the old Mac mini over there and put the new one there and then I'll right. fix it. Right. I mean, I mean, we all want to fix things. It's, it's just like a podcast. I, I did a, a live show with Ross brand and we had audio issues with that because, um, my microphone wasn't getting picked up properly by the audio interface right. that, that Ross was doing, was using. Um, so, and then we had, um, sunlight coming in from the, the, um, the building coming in and hitting our faces. And you've had that problem yeah. before with, you know, with your old studio where you had the sun hitting your forehead. <laughs> coming right down, right down a line, right down the, the right. middle of my head. <laughs> That's right. So things come up, you know, and, and you can't always predict everything, you know. I, I'm always thankful that that things go smoothly, right? Because <laughs> more than likely, it's not, right? So that's the thing. I mean, you can have the best equipment in the world, and things can still go sideways on you. And like it is today, I can hear you perfectly here. The recording is going to be perfect, but when I went out over the TriCaster, is caca. <laughs> but nonetheless, the show goes on. We we have listeners yeah. and people are, you know, hopefully having a good time li- listening to the show today. And, and kinda... hopefully they laugh at us, you know, a right. bunch of idiots. <laughs> you guys call yourself part of the podcast hall of fame and you can't even get your audio right. Right. Exactly. Those OGs <laughs> can't get their act together. We probably don't. We're, we're too old to get it right. That's part of the problem. Uh, no, I don't think that's the problem. Um, I'm not too old for anything, Todd. (laughs) (laughs) You know, at this point in time, what we really need to do is we just need, uh, more lightheartedness, too much seriousness going on in the world right now. We need some comedy shows. (laughs) Right. You know, I was on, on a three and a half hour car drive from Columbus back up here to the studio yesterday. And I just, I got, I had it on. I'll, I'll, I will, um, do an admission. I was listening to Stern. Oh, Todd. <laughs> I could only handle him for so long. And I'm just like, what, what a, what a, he was being a total buzzkill. Wow. And I'm just like, I can't handle this. It, it was like listening to, I don't listen to mainstream media news. I can't cause it just, it doesn't matter who doesn't, I, I don't care who it is. <laughs> It doesn't care if it's Fox, CNN, MSNBC. It, whenever I have those, to turn it off. Turn it, if, if you listen to mainstream media news, turn it off for a week. You, 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 your mental health will be better. Yeah. I just feel my apprehension going up. And when I was listening to him, I listened to him to be entertained. I don't be listen to get apprehensive. And I was getting apprehensive. I'm like, I don't need to listen to this. I have a choice. So what I do, I flipped on it a comedy podcast that I listen to rarely. And I had a great laugh the last hour of the drive home. Right. I have the choice of the thumb to be able to select what I want on my, my player. And yeah. this is the beauty of podcasting. We can tune all this, this absolute S H I T out of our lives and fill our brain with stuff that we want to listen to yeah. and not be forced to listen to this garbage that's being portrayed to us. Right. We do have a choice because everybody's an effing expert. We don't, you know, we don't need no stinking experts. We just need people, you know, it's, you know, I don't know. I'm get me on a roll here. I'm going to, 
So the mainstream media is ugh, so sick. And you think about it when we had, just think about how manipulated we were in the days before the internet. Because the narrative, the news narrative we know today is out of control. Yeah. doesn't matter what network, there's an agenda. And we know there's an agenda. But if you go back to the days of, let's say, when you had ABC, CBS, NBC, and Concrete came on the news, it was news, we thought. But still, we had no alternative views. So what he said was gospel and trusted. Right. And were we being manipulated back then? Uh. Yeah, yeah, I to think to some degree by 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 our government. So, podcasting now allows us to be manipulated by a thousand voices instead of three. So, <laughs> I don't know if that's a better world. Though, well, I you know I I think what it is is it gives you a big, bigger perspective. Ha having listened to a, over a hundred shows every two weeks for many years now, there is a lot of great perspectives out there. Well, I think, Todd, what's also happening is that news is being confused with opinion now. No, it's and not news. It's entertainment. There's no news. No, I, well, that, I guess that's the same <laughs> point, I guess, right? Um, it's, it's, it's all about emotions, right? Yeah. So uh, what these media companies are doing are driving our emotions. Right, right. I mean, I, I give the same advice to podcasters too. I mean, um, what you do in your show needs to drive an emotional reaction. Yeah. Uh, if you want to connect with people, people connect based on how they feel about each other. Yeah. Uh, and how do you do that? You create an emotional reaction. Um, and then that creates a bond that keeps them coming back. And, yeah. I, and I think that the lesson, um, that can be learned from big media is that they're playing that game too. And they play it very well. Yeah, they're very talented at it. You're right. So everyone, I apologize today about the audio. Um, for those of you that are on the live stream, for those of you that are listening later, you don't care. It was perfect, as always. Right. <laughs> as perfect as we can get it without editing. And uh, I'll work on the pipeline here. We'll figure out what's going on. Something got twisted or moved, or it's this new piece of gear that's in there that's overdriving and I don't right. understand why I'm not hearing it on this, but I'm hearing it over there. So, but wow, we made it an hour 30. So are, are you in lockdown? Are you going to be, uh, I guess we're going to be able to do this next Saturday then, huh? Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. I'll be moving around a little bit, but not, not too much. If we can get Marco, I'm flexible. I can do anytime. So okay. if he's worth like moving to his schedule. Right. And I'm okay with that. Yeah, so, so just if we get a yeah. date or two and time or two, let's get yeah. him and then okay. because I'd like to get him on and hear his perspective. I think that would be a very entertaining hour and a half. And I would love, I mean, if you want to reach out to Adam and see if he's got, you know, even a half hour to spend with us. Yeah, well, I'm I'm going to push for 90 minutes because we can talk for 90 minutes with him. He talked for three hours with... Uh, uh, you know, on that other show and, uh, we got in right. uh, 45 minutes worth of usable information out of there. Right. Um, I agree. So if he's willing to do it, that's great. So I just got this message. This is a Mac thing. Time machine completed verification. Your backups on, uh, 
To improve reliability, Time Machine must create a new backup for you. Oh, okay. That's interesting. So who knows what's going on there? Mac and its in weirdo stuff it does in Time Machine. Okay, everyone. Todd at Blueberry.com at Geek News is the Twitter account. Um, I'm at Twitter as well, at Rob Greenlee, and that's with two E's on the end, and robgreenlee.com. And if you want to reach out to me, certainly send an email to robg at lipson, L-I-B-S-Y-N.com. And we thank you for tuning in with us. Those of you on the live stream, thanks for being here. And uh, we had a pretty big crowd. We had as many as 20 in the room, but I think some of them bounced because of audio, but uh, we'll get that fixed. And uh, everyone, thanks for being here. We'll see you next time on the new media show. Everyone take care. Great. Bye. Bye.